Did you know Amazon provides ways of working that fit your lifestyle? They know you value your time outside of work, juggling family, school, friends, or other activities. That's why they offer a variety of shifts that work for you. There are full-time, part-time, and even temporary opportunities that can work with your schedule, with great starting pay and sign-on bonuses. If you want a career that fits and adapts to your lifestyle, head to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. Wire podcast. A little bit of a late start. Technical issues on my part. We got cows out in my backyard, but this is we're here. We're doing it. We're talking Jeremiah Wusukormor with one of my old college teammates. A dude I haven't yeah. talked to in what, like four years, three years? It's been a while, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's but the guy, the guy, Nathan, you know your stuff, dude. You're the you're, I remember you were the shit, dude. Donovan, I know you can't see him, but he's got he's got a great body. I can tall, see him. strong oh. lad, big pecs, dude. He's got oh. you, know, the, oh. you know the stacked individual, Donovan. Okay, look at that smile. It just brights up, dude. It's gonna Try do wonders for our lives. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Former Valparaiso defensive lineman, now writing for Sports Illustrated about the Fighting Irish. No one is going to be able to give us a better breakdown on Jeremiah Wusukormora than you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Um, happy to be here. Obviously, love to see the you know the Valpo connection here. Um, oh yeah, my former former <laughs> running back teammate here. You know what I mean. So it, I'm really excited to be here, and I love talking about Notre Dame. So uh, Wusukormora, my my kind of claim to fame right now is being. Uh, you know, he was supposed to be a first round guy and when he started dropping all this random stuff started coming out on Twitter about mm-hmm. uh he's not that good, it's whatever, whatever. And that's like it's gotta be a medical thing. You know what I mean? So to see down the line that it was a medical thing and they were able to clear it up made me feel a little better because I uh, people saying that he didn't look like a first round guy made me kind of question what I thought I was seeing. And he's definitely right? first round guy. Right. I saw you I saw you tooting your own horn and being a little braggadocious on Facebook. Yeah, have but, uh, to, have congratulations. To. Yeah. <laughs> uh we also got, as always, my co-host, Donovan James. Donovan, how you doing, buddy? Uh, the mustache is coming in real well, dude. Dude, I shaved all I'm, props. I shaved all my hair, bro. Oh dude, are man. you kidding me? Look at that. Why'd you do that? You had gray hair. Um, I'm going to Vegas on Sunday and I just wanted to be clean for the weekend, dude. I'm a <laughs> Like I'm going to Vegas on Sunday. I fly out there for my with my girlfriend. We're going to Vegas in California. So I just wanted to, I don't know. I wanted just to start. Right. I had too, way just... too much time on my I had way too much time on my hand this weekend, basically. I was playing mm-hmm. Xbox all weekend and like I just wanted to start from scratch. Like I don't know. I was like, I'm gonna Dude, look like a I love like it that I love that balls now and just have a mustache. So I just like to switch it. You know, Josh, I just switch it up sometimes. No, I t- I was, I'm blown away at that response. Donovan, why'd you shave your head? Well, I'm going to Vegas. I wanted to be clean. That's- <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting my second uh, COVID shot on uh, Wednesday, and every, well, just clean slate, man. New dog. You're staying. Uh, you're staying at shit. Staying you're staying on Fremont, right? Yeah. You're not, you're not staying on the shit too. No, I'm yeah. staying at the D on Fremont. That's my spot, man. That's my spot. Shout out to the to 
I love that part of Vegas. Fremont is wild. Old dude. Vegas. Yeah, it is. Yeah, my, girl, my girl's never been to Vegas at all, so it's gonna be a shit show for her. No <laughs> shit, dude. Everything well, just back up to there. So the concerts. We're going to Zed's playing next weekend. Oh, wow. So if you guys listen to that stuff. Yeah, you're gonna have a blast out there. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Vegas well, is yeah. always dope, dude. Love Vegas it, is always a blast. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're back with us again. We got some technical difficulties, but uh we're we're rocking and rolling. Let's go ahead. Let's dive in. Let's talk some Cleveland Browns football, some Notre Dame football. Nate, I don't know how how I don't in tune you are with Cleveland Brown Cleveland Browns Twitter, or if you've been paying attention to what they're saying. But obviously, the big debate. Let's get it out there. Let's get out in the open. The big debate is: is he a linebacker or is he a safety? Yeah, Take good it. question. <laughs> is that you're just handing it off to me there? Yeah, dude. You you want to hear you want to hear my Donovan and I's take first? Yeah, you guys tell me what you think, and then I'll tell you how I view him. Okay, so first of all, for the record, I don't think it really goddamn matters. Um, I think that you have your interior. I think you have the trenches. You have your second level defenders, and then you have your third level defenders. You know, the third level defenders, their responsibility is coverage. Your safeties don't make sure that nothing is behind them. Your linebackers are your second level. You know, they should be sideline to sideline. They should be okay in coverage. They should be very good pass rushers, blitzers, yada, yada, yada. How, whatever term you want to give him, I don't think it matters. He's going to be on the second level. He's not going to be a deep safety. He's not, you know, what do you, you can't, he's not going to be a quarter safety. I don't see him playing that role. I view him as more of a linebacker. To me, that checks more boxes as a linebacker. Uh, you know, he checks a lot of the same boxes as recently deceased Gino Hayes when Gino Hayes was coming out of Florida State. Was in the, obviously. Coromora is way more athletic. I think he's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger than Geno Hayes was. Geno Hayes still was in the NFL for seven, eight, nine years. He's had a very okay career. I think, you know, he can be – JOK can be much better than that. But he Great fits man. a lot of those yeah, – absolutely. <laughs> but they, they, they fits a lot of those same, you know, traits, I guess. So I would view him more as a linebacker than a safety. But I don't think it really matters. I think that people in the analytics community are just up – they just want something to bitch about. Um, if that if that makes sense, yeah. But Donovan, you got a, you got a you got an opinion on this before we hand it back to him? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of agree with you on the same thing as on the outlook of it. Um, he's a linebacker, I guess, by like definition. But I don't believe in like the terms. You, it's kind of positionless football at this point now. Like it's kind of we look at it like basketball. Position fluid. Like. Yeah, I mean, if you follow basketball, it's just kind of like you, this is five spots on the floor. Um, yeah. You know, at the end or the, like if the death. Death lineup that Golden State had, like it's like you know when the third third downs coming in or fourth quarter, you just want that guy on the field because he makes plays. Um, exactly. He can play off the edge if you want him to, um, and, and get to the pass rusher. You know, I've seen him do everything. Um, so I mean, he can cover your, your tight ends, which the tight end position has just totally changed over the past 15, 20 years. Obviously, yep. two tight end sets and everything. So. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just a good football player that plays defense <laughs> pretty much. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, but pretty much a linebacker, I mean, by definition, I would say. But if you him anywhere. And then analytically, I mean, I, I, I do, you know, I'm a pretty big analytic, analytical guy. But, I mean, that's still a good player. Um, you know, I mean, It's a tool. Have, he's a three-down guy, though. So, I mean, you want, you want to draft a guy that high that can play all three downs and – yeah. Even play on special teams if needed or something like that. So I mean, he's better than a special team player. I'm just saying, you know, that's a guy that can play every down for you. So that's not somebody. It's a value guy. I'm all about value, man. But you're yeah. not. You're not an analytics nut, though. You're you. Not, it's, no, it's not a, a tool nut. that's I mean, in your belt. Yeah. And you, it's a piece of the puzzle. But you know, you watch a lot of football, and yeah. I feel like I mean, most of your takes are 
football related rather than analytical. I try to be. That my major sense. was sport. My major was sports marketing <laughs> analytics. So I try not to tell people that because they're, oh, no. they're gonna assume I'm analytical. <laughs> I know. See, that's the reaction I get. What's your major? Anal- sports analytics. Oh God. Like, but no. I'm, Josh knows me well. You'd have to know. Like, yeah. You talk to me enough. Like, I do rely on analytics and value a lot and numbers. But I mean, at the end of the day, I watch the games. You know what I mean? And, and this yeah. is a guy that I watch a lot, especially because I'm a, a, a USC fan. So I mean, he's yeah, definitely cool. you know. <laughs> Yeah. Sort of throwing it outside a little bit. Happy we didn't have to play him this year. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I Nate, think, what, uh, do you, what do you think, man? Yeah, so I think one. I think between you know Josh and I both, and and Donovan. I don't know if you played at all. I think if you've ever played football at the college level, no matter what it is, you probably just don't like analytics, right? Because it just it's too much. <laughs> see, I didn't play. That's why I'm analytic. Guy. Yeah. That's see. <laughs> And I don't think it matters if you play D1 or D3. Like, if you've ever strapped it up and played out there, analytics, you don't really want to hear it. But I'll say this about Jock. I think um, I think in the most basic sense, I think he played the weak side linebacker in 4-3. I think when he came to Notre Dame, he came there to play safety, and they, they've kind of moved him down into the box. I think he's a bit undersized, right, if you, if you look at him from a linebacker perspective. But one of the things that gives me kind of hope for him is – uh, I saw some stat that wide receivers in the last 10 years have gotten smaller in terms of draft size, in terms of height and weight. So I think as the game gets smaller and it's about playing in space, he fits that really well. Um, one of the guys I comped him to is Patrick Chung, which people oh, weren't shit. doing that, but I, I think he can play that. Patrick Chung played in the box. He played linebacker. He could all, I mean, he was a DB by nature, so he could also play safety, cover slot. So I, I've seen Jock do all those things at Notre Dame, and I think he can do that. I think he can line up in the box on the weak side as a safety. I think he can cover in the slot. I think he can cover a number two man-to-man. I think if you need him off the edge, like you said, he can do that. I think he can do it all. It's like the Swiss Army knife of players. But I think, yeah, if you try to box him into something and say, okay, this guy's going to be a 4-3 linebacker and we're going to need him to stack blockers and get to the run, that's not really what he's good at. So no, I I think he, like I said, I think Patrick Chung is probably the best fit for him. Okay. Okay. So you you do lean if you ha- if you had to pigeonhole, and I think we're all on the same page. No one really. We kind of just throw away the the positions, right? We don't really yeah. care. But if you had to pigeonhole, him, you would say probably more more safety than linebacker due to his inability in traffic and lack of size. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I think I think when he's making plays in the run game, he he's making them from the backside, or he's kind of he's slipping through and, and getting on guys. Like again, he's not your guy that's gonna. And not saying he can't do this, and he he lacks the heart to do it. I see him do it, but like if you're looking for a guy where his power run to his side and he's gonna stack up with a with a tackle or a guard and shed and make the tackle. Look, if he if he does it, great. But I don't think that's where his consistency lies. I think he's making plays, kind of knifing in on his own read type of thing. Do is there any tape of him doing that? Because I try, I, I tried to watch as much as possible on him because this is a guy I really liked. I, I don't see him shedding blocks at all. I ha, I've seen him work in traffic, but he, like you said, it slices through. Um, you know, a guy that we talked about recently on the podcast being very good at that was Dar- Darren Lee. Was good at that. Darren Lee. It's really hard to find any tape of him where he's actually shedding a block, but he's constantly making tackles behind the line of scrimmage because of his quickness, because of his speed, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, is that is do you, do you see him ever line up, you know, between the tackles and, and block shed or anything like that or no? Yeah, that's tough. I think I would have to probably grind a lot of tape to find it, right, because I yeah. think 
Um, and I think when you look at Clemson, I think that was his best game that he ever played at Notre Dame. But and I think a lot of that was attributed to, again, kind of knifing through plays. I think Notre Dame did a really good job of, of not putting him in those spots because I, I think, again, ultimately, like if, if you're looking for a way to make him fail, put him in those spots where he's going to have to stack up and shed consistently because I, I just don't think he has that skill set. I think right. he uh, – I think he, I think he's best again at, at knifing through. And I think what really helps him is his speed, right? He can get over the top a lot on guys, and he can kind of get in there and make the plays. So I, that's where I kind of rank him. So, Don, I'm sorry, Donovan. I feel like I'm taking over the show. Do you have anything you want to ask or? No, you're good. I don't talk. No, you're good. Um. So to me, I, I feel like the physicality is the hardest part to overcome. I, I never played in the NFL, right? I mean, sure. but you, that's what you see a lot. You see these fast guys, what they struggle with, or, you know, cornerbacks or safeties or whoever, you know, defenders. What they struggle with is the uptick in physicality. Hey, the, everybody's bigger and faster and stronger, right? Yeah. So that that speed, Darren Lee is a great example. We just talked about Darren Lee. Darren Lee has not had the success in the NFL. Granted, a lot of that's through the off-field issues, but because everybody's a little bit faster and he never had that physicality. Um, yeah. Do you see him? Do you see? Because the, the, my standards are pretty high for JOK. I think that he, I think that he can play now, and I think he can play at a high level. Is that too high? Is that too high of a standard based off of the style of play he has? No, I don't think so. I, I look, I, like I said, I think he's tough enough to do that. I just don't think that's where he'll be the most successful. Right? I, I, as right. we think about players being bust, I think asking him to do that day in and day out would make him trend more towards being a bust. I think. What he's really good at is he's kind of that rally defender, right? Like he's going to run sideline to sideline. He's really good at scraping over the top. He's really good at kind of putting pressure on the mesh point of like a zone read or a read option, things like that. So, yeah, I think he can play right away. And I, I think yeah. – and I, I don't know too much about the Cleveland Browns defense, but when I when I think about him, I think about the position that he'll be the best to succeed in is one similar to Notre Dame where – the front four or front three, they're eating up most of the blockers, right, to kind of give him that ability to then make plays. If he if he's in a defense where, uh, you know, guys are getting to him at the second level, whether it's guards or tackles, and he's constantly having to fight off bodies, I think he's at a severe disadvantage because I think he's like 215, and, and I just can't see that consistently at a linebacker right. spot. Right. Do you think, and, and you bring up a good point. We saw a, a we saw an effort for the Cleveland Browns to get bigger and, and take up more space on the defensive line. Andrew Billings is coming back. He's well over three hundred pounds. They drafted Tommy Togiai from a defensive tackle from Ohio State, and I think it was the fourth round, fourth or fifth round. Uh, which, as you know, that guy's he very he's built like a fire hydrant. Yeah, um, super he, he strong. Yep. Yeah, bench press 225 over 40 times. So he fits that role of, hey, I'm just going to sit. He's not the most effective pass rusher, but he doesn't let people get by him. So I, I think that you can see a little bit of a plan there to try to protect those linebackers. Obviously, Miles Garrett's going to be soaking up double teams. And Jadavian Clowney, is, everybody gets mad at him because he's not a prolific pass rusher, but he's a very, very good run anchor. He, he sets the edge perfectly. Um, you know, And they drafted Tony Fields, the under again, another undersized linebacker from West Virginia, also later on in the draft too. So I think okay. that maybe they're trying to make a more solid effort of covering up those linebackers. Um, so that does make me feel better. Uh, you mentioned that he, you believe he's – you got him right around 250 pounds. Do you think based on his frame, you've obviously seen, seen him in person and seen him more in depth than Donovan or I, especially with the combine being non-existent. Is there any potential he can pack on more weight, or is this it? He is what yeah. he is. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I will just, I don't know if it's just like you misheard me, but 215, so 215. He's not 250. That's what um, I'm sorry. Did I, did yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he's not, he's not 250. Um, I think you could put on more weight, sure. I, I think right now, when you look at him, he's he's definitely built his body while he was at Notre Dame. He's gotten very chiseled. I, I don't think you, you look at him and think there's a guy with a lot of like fat, right? Um, so he could probably put a little bit more meat on the bones. I, I just wonder too, when you think about. With quick guys, right? It's like, well, how much more weight can this guy put on? He he kind of had a weird high school career. He played running back. He played safety. He played wide receiver. He kind of played a lot, even when he was in high school, right? He played a lot of different positions. So when I just think of that natural body build, I'm not sure he's a guy that you could get up to 240, 250 and, and kind of have him play. I think, I mean, this is without knowing him personally, right? But I would say probably 230 is probably where he'd max out at without, without starting to lose speed. speed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because that's also a pretty big talking point is that you see a lot of people talk about, hey, you know, if you gain weight, you're going to lose speed. But, I mean, that's not that's not typically true uh, unless you start going overboard with it. You know, right. Donovan, we talked about that a couple weeks ago because one of your high school sweethearts that you – Donovan's very into recruiting, by the way. I don't know. We didn't get the chance okay. to talk about that Good. before. But uh, I can't remember who you were talking about a couple weeks ago, Donovan, but whoever it was gained like 10, 15 pounds and then – they didn't. You didn't. They didn't lose a step from when they grad when they went when they enrolled. Oh yeah. And then when I, they got drafted, and they gained about, like 15, I I 20 talking, pounds. I think I was talking about Asante Samuel Jr., which is crazy because yeah. a lot of people he's still small, but like yeah, he was like one sixty when I saw him at the opening. Wow. In the That's one. right, and his forty was faster. It was faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It was at the open. He's a lot bigger, man. Um, than he was. I mean, he was. I mean, he's he's one sixty. So I mean, like, yeah, now, yeah one, I think he was like one sixty, like soaking wet too, because he looks yeah. taller than that. But, yeah. I mean, so it is possible. Yeah. It is possible. You know, you either you know, ever we've all been to the gym. You know, there's there's ways to to gain weight without sacrificing speed. My favorite example is obviously the freak David Boston. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> he went from like he went from like two ten to like two fifty. Yeah, and ran like a four two. It was all roided up. The guy's awesome. Met him in person. His biceps were just <laughs> like Hulk Hogan style. But uh, yeah, I I think that the two thirty. Uh, when you talk about today's NFL, that doesn't even sound like it's undersized. I mean, you know, you talked about you mentioned it already about the wide receivers getting smaller. We're seeing that with the linebackers too. You don't you don't see big yeah. giant Ray Lewis. I'm gonna pound you in the dirt. You know, those guys don't really exist anymore. They're much more. You know, Dion Buchanan, Tyron Matthew, uh, you know, Levante yeah. David isn't is exactly a huge individual. He's more of a coverage linebacker, um, yeah. you know, so I think that that's also noteworthy. Um, you know, so what we talked about my expectations. I gave him a first round grade. It sounds like you gave him a first round grade as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought he was a first round guy. And uh, and to your point, I, I kind of think back to when we played, you know, kind of class of like 09, so to speak. Um, before when we were getting recruited and how I, how I look at it now, it's like guys that are playing linebacker back when we were coming in and had to be a certain size. Most of those guys now, it seems like are playing on the front four and guys that were playing safety are starting to play linebacker. Just when you look at the size of guys going into college, it's like, you don't really see these like linebackers anymore that are 240, 250. And all they really do is plug the run, right? Like you're right. looking for guys that are a little skinnier, a little rangier, so that's why, again, I think he fits that. I think I think the NFL is in a period of transition, right? I think there's still teams that are looking to, to run the ball. But if you put him on the weak side, you kind of keep blockers off of him. Yeah, I think he's absolutely a first-round talent. And I, I think it was a steal that he went in the second round. 
what are your expectations for him this season? I, I'm, you know, we talked about my expectations, and perhaps they might be a little too high. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I've been looking at waiting for the odds to come out of, for him as defensive rookie of the year. To be quite honest with you, what are your expectations? Where do you hey, see I'll, him? I'll, I'll put that money to Vegas for you, by the way. Really yeah, yeah, we got to talk to Donovan. Yeah, dude, I, I had him. I had him higher than uh, Greg Newsom on my board. So wow, okay, I did. So rookie no, of the I, year. Yeah, for sure, I would too. Defensive. For defensive the year. Well, it yeah. probably won't. I mean, we're, we're all realistic. <laughs> it's probably yeah. It's, well, yeah, or, it's probably gonna be, it's obviously gonna be a defense. But the defense rookie of the year is obviously probably gonna be a defensive event. I mean, isn't hasn't it been like the last three years? It's like Chase Young yeah. and Bosa Bosa. I think. Yeah. People did, like people did like Derwin not win. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Defense rookie. Of the year? Did he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He did, that well, was yeah, like he, four years ago, man. I thought Bosa won it over him. Oh yeah, Der- B- Bosa did win over. Yeah, it's the sacks. Uh, I, I think he finished. I think he finished second. Derwin. People love the sacks. People love. That's a, I've, heard, I've heard. I've heard that comp too. I don't really buy that. I don't think he's the quite Derwin James level. Derwin kid. James. Oh, Derwin James. No. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen. James. I've seen that though, and I was like, all right. Well, I mean, I like him, but damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've seen Levante David. Um, I think I like that one. That's better, yeah, yeah, than Darren James. I think early, early on, people were saying like, "Oh, this is like an Isaiah Simmons type of guy," but seen that too. He's not. Isaiah Simmons was like, wasn't he like two fifty? Like he was pretty big. He's like six four. So even if he's not two fifty right now, he's he's six four. Two thirty five. He was two thirty eight. Yeah, that's 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 the best comparison. And running like a four three. Yeah, yeah. So, that dude's dude monster, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't get too many guys. I mean, throwing out Ohio State guy names, right? Since Josh is out that way, I mean, Vernon Golston, <laughs> right? like, you don't see oh, yeah. too many guys come through like that. Who um, also had a great NFL career. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> being a combine freak and and being good in the NFL don't always go together. Um, you know, you know what's funny? He was such a big star around here. People were because he had like. Man, I can't remember. I, he destroyed Michigan. He had like three sacks against Michigan. So I, I load, but when he got cut, he was a bust, dude. I loaded up. I got his mini helmet autographed up there. I got like five of his Jets jerseys, dude. I'm talking. I loaded <laughs> up on Vernon Golston garb, dude. For real, for real. He was a freak. I don't know. What, I don't really know what happened I, in today's NFL. He might have stuck around because he didn't really have that anchor strength. Yeah. Now back then, you kind of had to have that. But I don't. You know, I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, he was. He might have been a little before his time, and I'm. I'm sure the Golson family is happy to know that somebody out there is uh, still supporting him. <laughs> I think was his cousin. His cousin, who's our age, just won with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Will William? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, the whole family. The whole family's athletic. His. I think his uncle before that was Eric, who also played offensive line for Ohio State, and I think oh, wow. he won a couple of Arena Football League championships with Kurt Warner. The Very Iowa barnstormer. I think the whole family is full of athletes, but I don't know. Yeah, I just take a little, a little bit of that DNA. It would be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of change, change my family situation here. I um, <laughs> look. I, I think right. Like I think when you talk about Clowney, Garrett, um, the guys that are there. Uh, oh, who's the Alabama linebacker that's there? Who I really Mac like. Wilson. Yeah, Mac Wilson. You like Mac Wilson because most Cleveland fans hate Mac Wilson. We could talk about Mac Wilson. What, what well, look, positive I, do you have about Mel Wilson? Because most um, people fit. I, love- I have not watched a lot of him play. I just kind of like <laughs> the way that he carries himself on the internet. He's very uh, motivational. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing Cleveland fans bitch about. Like, oh man, he's so motivational. He works really hard on the internet. He's not. He's he is an athletic freak. I, I'm with you. I like Mac Wilson. He but he misses a lot of tackles, dude. Uh, he's, in the, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time a lot. But that was his problem <laughs> at Alabama, too, if you remember, right? They told him. Nick, I think Nick Samuel was like, dude, don't leave. 
Bro, don't yeah, leave. Another year. Yeah. No. And that and so I, that gives me a good chance to segue, right? I think so, Jock, I think he's really, really, really good at his football instincts and making tackles. I think where you see him struggle is um and I don't know why, but sometimes it's like he wants to deliver that big hit. And he's got a big hit he delivered against Florida State that everybody likes, you know, but he starts to fall into this trap sometimes of like kind of torpedoing or throwing his shoulder into guys and whatever. And at, at 215, you're not knocking a lot of guys down. Especially um, in the NFL. You're right. But I think a lot of times, right, he flies around the field. When he's able to get over top a runner, he's a sure tackler, right? Like if he if he's able to throw both arms and shoot and wrap up, he is almost one of the surest tacklers I've seen in a long time. I, it's just where he gets into trouble is when he starts trying to throw himself at guys. and Really? He just doesn't have enough weight. I mean, look, he's got some big hits. He's got some explosive hits. But, like, if he starts getting caught up in that, like, oh, I'm going to throw my shoulder into this guy and lay him out, like, no, nah, I don't think he's going to be too successful. You know, and that's the difference between someone like me who has watched two, three, four of his games and someone who, like you who's watched him his entire career because I saw the physicality. And, Donovan, you remember when I gave out my first scouting report of him, I was like, oh, the guy's a tackler. He's he hits like he's 230, even though he's 215. But yeah. that I, I can see if you're watching him week in and week out, it's kind of like, a, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a good example for someone that was familiar with, with Ohio State. You, you heard it a lot with Tough Borland, although when he did yeah, his yeah. pro day, when he did his pro day, the, everybody kind of f- fell off the Tough Borland train. But uh, or, or Pete Warner's a good example. You hear about Pete Warner being a great covers linebacker. Oh, he's a great covers linebacker. He's a great covers linebacker. It's like, yeah. Yeah, he covers the guy from Rutgers and the slot receiver from Illinois really well. But when he got his ass beat by Pat Fryermuth, and he got his ass beat by some of those Minnesota backers, that running backs that are pretty fast. You know what I mean? So it's kind, of, it's kind of like that. If you turn on the right tapes, him smashing guys is pretty attractive. But if he's doing that consistently and he goes up against a guy, you know, Nick Chubb size, I can see why that might be an issue. Yeah, and and to answer your point about what rookie expectations, look, I think. I think he's got as good of a shot at rookie of the year as anybody else. But I think what's really hard about him is, and it sucks to say this, right? Like he's a really good football player, but he's not like the guy. It's kind of like Clowney. He's not the guy that's going to jump off the screen, right? right? So like when you when you jump through his career, he doesn't have a lot of interceptions. He doesn't have a lot of like these splash plays. He's got a couple. I mean, he had the one uh, fumble recovery against Clemson that he took, you know, scoop and score, but. Like when I when I think about his coverage, I think he's a great cover guy. He doesn't he doesn't just bail, right? Like you know those guys that bail right away and keep everything in front of him. He's yeah. not that kind of guy. He stays on, but he's going to be more of a pass breakup or like it's going to be a really tough throw for the quarterback. He's not going to be a interception. And, and I I could be wrong, but just watching him, he doesn't look like an interception type of guy. And so you know, when, I, when I think about him, like sorry to cut you off, he's not going to no, get a lot good. of picks. He his forte isn't throwing a lot of big hits. I think it's just hard to then have people get really excited. And if you're not really watching day in and day out to understand like, Hey, this kid's really, really good, but he's just not making the splash plays. You know what I mean? That makes sense. And it doesn't surprise me that you say that, right? Cause uh, there, now that I'm reflecting on, like I said, a game of first round grade, but there's no, there's no game that sticks out like, Oh my God, that was insane. Right? Like Trey Sermon had, you know the game against Donovan. What's the game you always you guys always harp on when you guys tell me Trey Sermon's so goddamn great? <laughs> well, the last two. Oh, against North. Yeah, against Northwestern. Northwestern, North, yeah. Northwestern and uh, Clemson. 
Yeah, yeah, Northwestern Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Though yeah. everybody talks about the, you know, you know, uh, Justin Hilliard had like twelve tackles against Clemson, right? You know, uh, Darius Leonard when he played against Clemson, the team that he tried to walk on with and they'd reject him. He had like two block field goals and like three sacks. Everybody's yeah. got those games that stick out in their head. He doesn't. Oh, Cormore doesn't really have that. Um, and I didn't really think about that until you just said that. But it doesn't surprise me that they would go for someone that fits that. Hey, he does his job. He may not have any plus plays, but he's going to. You know he's going to neutralize it and do his job because Greg Newsom is kind of the same way. If you look at Greg Newsom's stats, I think he's only got like one interception. Now, granted, one of the big issues with him is he only started eighteen games. But yeah. you know, Tommy Togia again, we talked about him. he doesn't have those splash sack numbers. If you're just looking at pure box score numbers, you would look at Tommy Togia and be like, what exactly does he do? <laughs> but he does he does what he does really well. Um, you know, same with kind of like James Hudson. His pro day numbers were absolutely terrible. The offensive tackle from Cincinnati, but you know, he had he allowed no sacks, he allowed right. no pressures, right? He did he did his job. So it doesn't surprise me if they're going towards that, especially considering the last regime. If you you talked about Mac Wilson earlier, Mac yeah. Wilson was a splash guy. That's a guy yeah. who was constantly up in the quarterback's face, constantly moving around the ball, had a bunch of forced fumbles. That guy was a guy. He had some highlight. He had a highlight reel. So I yeah. can see that. Dorsey really loved the highlight reel guys. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I think this is like, again, like I, and I'm not trying to, you know, discord Moa here at all. I think he's great. No, I think we, we want you to be, that's the worst thing in the world though, is when people come on and they talk about somebody they cover and they give you no cons at all. It's all pros. It's no yes. cons. Everybody's a hall of famer. So we want you, we, you know, that's why we brought you on. We want you to be honest because now that he's a Cleveland Brown, Everybody who ha- didn't even care about him is saying that he's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? So give me, you know, give me the shit, bro. Don't hold, don't hold back. Yeah. So look again, like I, I, I think he's good. I think he and he's played a lot of different roles, right? So Notre Dame's had him cover number two guys and kind of that overhang spot. He can play man to man. Again, this is college. You know how that translates to the NFL. You have to be seen. He can play zone coverage. But again, right? Like I think about. Um, we all love sacks, right? So it's easy to be like, oh, look at this guy always making sacks or making picks or doing whatever, right? Like um, Asante Samuel, right, senior. That was He was great at getting the interception. I think Cormo is a guy where teams going in will be like, hey, we got to watch for – I don't know what he is now, 40-something, but it used to say, like, we got to watch six, right? Because six is the guy that he's going to be all over the place making plays, doing his thing, whatever. And while he may not change the flow of a game – he's not going to make too many mistakes, right? So, like, I, again, I don't think he's a guy where teams are going to be able to isolate him and take advantage of him and and say, like, oh, he's too aggressive or his his coverage is lacking. I think – I just think he's an all-around good player, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's tough because fans want to get really, really excited, right? I'm a Bears fan. We just drafted Justin Fields. Like, I need him to go throw 50 touchdowns, right? And he but will. Like, I don't see any issue that he will. <laughs> But, but I, yeah, I just think Cormo's a guy where I wouldn't be surprised if you look up and you're like, wow, this guy had a hell of a year. You know what I mean? Like, probably should have won Rookie of the Year if he does it. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at the stat sheet and go, mm, are we sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But I know that's the kind of that, but that is a good football player, right? It's someone that sticks out in your mind. You don't remember him making any mistakes, you know, d- despite what the stat sheet says. And I, I think that's a great point. Um, Donovan, did you have anything else you wanted to add or? No, I mean he's an upgrade from I think what they have at linebacker. Everybody, I'm, I'm a bit, yeah, I mean pretty much. Uh, I mean uh, I still like Sione a lot. 
um, kind of because of personal reasons. Yeah, well, I, I know him though, so still- you're so biased, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're I know. So- I'm so biased. I try not to be, but I, I'm rooting for him. Is what I'm gonna say hard. Uh, but Mac is obviously, you know, um, I, I feel the same that way. Nate feels about him. He's a splash, but you no, know, he, he can stay healthy for um full season and kind of get his you know group together. That'd be nice to see him. Him with uh, JOK at linebacker is is pretty good, and you still have uh, Malcolm. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank right now. I can't. I can't. Um, Brown? No, yeah, no, not Malcolm. No, that's the running back. Gee, no, Malcolm yeah. Smith. My Malcolm God, Smith, Malcolm Smith. What is wrong with yeah. Why did I say Malcolm Brown? A vet, veteran there. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, man. You think about yeah, you Texas, you love Malcolm Smith too. I'm not a big Malcolm. Smith. Well, I mean, for again, all these reasons, you know. What's but that's not that's for? not you being that's not you being biased though. That's me being biased because Malcolm Malcolm Smith had a very very solid year. Yeah, he very very solid, solid year. year. I mean, he's not. He's I just not like him because he's old. He is old. He's older, but I mean, you guys have a lot of linebackers that are too. They're too young. That is a young defense. Taki, Taki, you you are biased. You talk about him, but for reference, he is still very young, and he's a very active player. He's the almost the exact opposite of JOK, where he's big, (laughs) strong, and he will level you out, but he's always in the wrong spot. He's a little undersized too, height wise. I mean, he's only five eleven, six foot. I mean, he's not tall at all. Is that he's, really? Is that really undersized? I mean, if you if you still weigh two thirty, two four. I mean, right? Well, I meant height wise. Like when he goes, when he had to cover Travis Kelsey, which I know it's Travis Kelsey, but I mean, he's yeah, giving up. On. He's giving yeah. up. Well, any tight end though, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Rudolph six six. Talkie Talkie covers him. Yeah, like, but he's going to be the guard. Yeah, but he's always going to have that. That like, he's not a jumper though. He's not. He doesn't have a high vertical and he's short. That's but not that, okay. Good. That uh, I I see what you're saying. Well, he wasn't he wasn't good in coverage yeah. anyways. Against guy he could he could be guarding someone my height. He's just not good in coverage. <laughs> well, he's not good. That. He's not good. He's not good <laughs> awareness and being. A, yeah. He's not good at understanding where he's supposed to be. That's why I didn't want them to. I I thought that was a total reach. Talk about a guy who had no idea what he was. You just flow into the ball, do whatever. Uh, reckless, bro. I don't know about he's a big hitter. Reckless. though. He's a huge. He's a big hitter. Well, that's, a lot, a lot of force yeah. fumbles, and that's what gets the fans going, fumbles. right? Is like seeing guys throw these like kill shots on people, but like that's not what that. the game is. You don't get that in the NFL anymore, man. Yeah, it's a damn shame, bro. Yeah, you, you see it in the spring, though. Force fumbles. Yeah, <laughs> he had a lot of force fumbles at BYU. He, he did. You know, yeah, he he uh, he's a playmaker too. But I mean, he just he can't cover. Yeah, I mean that's why you need somebody like JOK or like I said, Malcolm. Malcolm's pretty good coverage. He's, he's yeah. So who who plays that weak side backer for the Browns right now? So your your three your three linebackers and there's not really a, a penned penciled in role for either of them because they're that's why they drafted two because they're in a state of transition. But you had Malcolm Smith, uh, Jordan, um, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Phillips, Phillips. Geez, yes, who was a rookie out of LSU last year, third round pick, who was probably the best linebacker to be honest with you. Um, and then you, you, the other the other player was mostly Taki Taki. Mac Wilson didn't really play a whole lot, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they didn't really. They, and the, the Browns don't really play three linebackers. They need either. to play Sendejo. <laughs> yeah, that, they they yeah. play they played they a lot played, of nickel defense. A lot yeah. of they don't they only play two linebackers, and it wouldn't surprise me if they go with one linebacker moving forward. I they're not. I, I like what they're Jordan, not a linebacker laden team. I would have loved to see Jordan Phillips, Mac Wilson, and JOK together at linebacker, honestly. and that might be the case because that, those that are gives those, you two that's pure linebackers, and then the defense, you know, a rover kind. Of. Exactly, yeah. That's why I would like that lineup if they can all stay healthy and get it together. I mean, Ma- I like Malcolm too, obviously, for what he can do in veteran leadership. I, mean, I know Joshua, your team's pretty young. You can't have all guys like twenty five. <laughs> no, no, I, I just you know you know how it is. It's kind of like yeah. the, it's it's kind of like. Have, yeah, that he he he's the most consistent linebacker on the team. I know you said Phillips is the that's best. That's true. But Jacob Phillips is the most talented. 
Uh, I still Jacob, think, I, Jacob, think, I think JOK is better than Phillips too, though. They're just different yeah. players. They're just different players. I think if you if you're a team that's running a lot of nickel or like sub package, I think almost if you want, right, given the linebackers that you have, if they're actually like solid, you could move Jock to that box safety role. Right? Like he could kind of play that. He doesn't and so again, you don't have to necessarily lose talent by taking a linebacker off to leave him at linebacker. You can move him to that box safety, keep the linebacker that you want, and still have the same run coverage, pass coverage, strength that you would have otherwise. So, and I think that's what you're going to be looking at. This is off the top of my head, but I don't think that there was any game where the Browns started three linebackers. Gotcha. And yeah, and I don't see too many teams line up and run really power run anymore, right? Like I think, no. I think as you see more teams start to run the spread or you think about teams like Arizona and the stuff they're running and, you know, he kind of fits that defense – Yes, the defense for that perfectly, right? Like where he could he could run sideline to sideline with a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson. Not saying he's as fast as those guys, right? But he could provide the pursuit, be a rangy defender, that type of guy, um, and not hopefully let them kind of get outside of him. And at the same time, he could cover a tight end if needed. I don't know if he could cover, you know, Travis Kelsey or anything. No one can. Donovan was yeah. being too harsh. <laughs> I but, said it before. I was. I knew it was Travis Kelsey, but. But your average tight end in the NFL, he's going to cover that guy. Your number two receiver in the NFL for the most part, maybe a slot. He could probably cover that guy well enough to not like embarrass himself. So I, again, I think of him just like the Swiss Army knife. I mean, he can do it all. Uh, Keely, do you remember when we were playing the kid Sean Graves? Oh yeah, he transferred I, to Akron, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. I think of I think of Jock. Or I I put it this way. Sean Graves was like a poor man of Wusu Kormoa, right? Like, that's kind of how I think about it. Like, dude, he, dude, that's that's kind of a compliment because he yeah. was all over the field. Yeah, Donovan, you had this kid. He was like a corner safety body, but he played linebacker. He would rush from the edge. He would play DB. Like, he could kind of do it all, similar to this. Obviously, he played with us at Valpo and then went to Played Akron. at Akron. He played, yeah, he nice. played at Akron. He transferred from Valpo. Yeah. I don't remember what happened there. That might be that might be an off pod topic. But if I remember right, he was playing, and then for some reason someone got pissy, and he didn't play as much anymore. And he was like, "No, nah, I'm going back home. I'm going to act because he went to school with uh, Lovelace. Lovelace, yeah, right? yeah, he did. Yeah, and he yeah. he got pissy because he didn't get no playing time, or he, they took away his playing time, and they transferred to Akron, where he actually played. Yeah, he played because he was a good athlete. He was very like you said, he had pretty good size, was long run. We're playing division yeah. at the time. It was one double. I think now it's FCS. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's, it's FCS, but uh, yeah, he was, you know, the very good size, six foot, two ten, maybe. So yeah, so I think of him that way. Like again, I, I can't tell you anything he's great at, but I really can't tell you anything he's bad at, other than maybe taking on offensive linemen. I mean, yeah, I yeah, which he's not gonna have to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think that that's a that's a great run out. I love. The Sean Graves comparison. Whenever you want to come with an old school Valpo comparison, I don't care if no listener get. You know what? Four of our Valpo friends will listen to this and be like, "God damn, that's a good one." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> old Sean Graves. Hope he's doing well. Dude, uh, Donovan went to Mercer. Oh, really? I did. Yeah, FCS. Yes, school Mercer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, did we play Mercer? Uh, I only played Mercer. Mercer. We were there. Mercer How didn't we? have a. We didn't have a football team back until uh, 2014. So no, yeah. he didn't play. <laughs> There's no uh, way. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. must be. I think I've said that like four times because I keep confusing it with Marist. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Marist. 
Yeah, Mercer didn't. We only had a football team for like seven or like seven, eight years. Well, I mean, it was like the 1918 team. <laughs> Doesn't count. That, <laughs> the way I was yeah. with Valpo was that type, bro. Fuzzy Thurston. Yeah, Fuzzy, Fuzzy Thurston. That was the only jersey, Donovan, in our weight room, that was the only jersey that was hanging up was Fuzzy Thurston's Fuzzy Thurston. Really? Yeah, well, hold on. Let me see. When you, did... got, you guys were like basketball. I mean, I always yeah, Valpo Val, Val, Val 13 seed, man. Like, that was like the basketball school. Oh, yeah. yeah we, don't, we don't need to keep hearing it from you, Donovan. We know. Oh, we, went, we went to the high school. We went to the, we went to the college parties where the chicks went straight to the seven-foot guys. Okay? <laughs> we went, we, I lived it. I lived it. I don't need you to be telling me. Oh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. Yeah, don't, don't bring up old memories, Donovan. But, uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was repping Valpo. I was talking about the basketball team. and like Fuzzy, fuzzy Thurston. <laughs> Fuzzy Thurston's career ended in the NFL in 1967, and that is uh, our only retired jersey at the university. I think the only guy to go to the NFL from our university. Really? No, that's actually not true. So, because Donovan and I actually were talking about this, we did a show a couple weeks ago where we drafted the all-time Cleveland Browns. Team. Oh yeah. And back in like 19 butt fuck, some <laughs> dude transferred. He he st- he played at Valpo for like three years, and then went a to war. Yeah, and then he like went. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was a lineman. He went to war, and when he came back, he's like, "I'm gonna go Notre Dame." Yeah, and then he got drafted to the Browns, and he ended up being like a nine time Pro Bowler. Yeah, back before the NFL was the NFL, and I I was like, "Dude, no way!" I didn't know that. I thought Fuzzy Thurston. I remember Fuzzy Thurston. I thought Fuzzy. I said on the show, I thought Fuzzy Thurston was the only one. His bio says Notre Dame. It doesn't even say like. (laughs) Yeah, you got you got to search. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because Donovan and I, we we were like, we had to try to figure because it's just a, you know, when you Google like, oh hey, what's his, what's this guy play? A lot of times when you go back to old football, it'll just say OL or DL. Well, I was yeah. like, nah, Donovan, we gotta take this. If you're gonna bring it up, I don't want you just Wikipedia. We gotta figure it out, bro. So we we did. We went. We were like reading newspaper articles <laughs> and like I'm watching old grainy YouTube videos and did this, <laughs> trying to figure out exactly where they played on the line. It was a pretty. It was a pretty good experience. We saw some pretty dark stuff. One of the guys I saw, like after he retired, he couldn't handle it and murdered his wife and children. Like it was like, oh, oh, that guy's yeah. in the Hall of Fame. That's dark. That's because you picked all these old players. Man. <laughs> no, I, I picked a bunch of younger guys. That people, he you know. did. Donovan, Donovan won the contest too because all these all these millennials voted. But uh, yeah, so let's let's talk about the future of Notre Dame. Now that we got a Notre Dame expert on the show, who is the stud? Who is someone? Who do you think would be a good fit for the Cleveland Browns in next year's draft from this Notre Dame Fighting Irish team? Also, Nate, I have a question for you as well. Uh, later, you can answer Josh's first. That's more yeah. Important, but well, I gotta, after I have a question for you about Notre Dame uh, currently as well. So okay, um, hopefully it's not about the attractiveness of the women on campus because I'm I'm staying no. away from those questions. <laughs> Uh, I've been to South Bend before. For, okay. for, those, for those that don't yeah. know, pre-show, Nate got a, if you want to get on his Twitter page, Twitter, he got a little bit of hot water for – apparently yeah, a, a couple of comments I made about the, yeah, about the looks of the ladies of South Bend, which were not well-received. So I'm, I'm staying away from that for now uh, and probably the foreseeable future. Um, Just go to Chicago if you want. <laughs> I can, I can. It'd probably be good, Josh, if you just tell me what what do you think the Browns need, and I can probably tell you a guy from Notre Dame that might fit that. Well, I don't. It, I don't know. It's next year, so let's say I don't. The, got, the, is, is there anybody on the? Is there anybody on the defensive line that you can, who 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 do you who do you envision? So when I watch Ohio State, the guy that pops off the page, I'm like, God damn, someone's going to get Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson's going to be an All Pro player. I don't care if you need a receiver or not. Garrett Wilson's the dude. Who's the dude at Notre Dame that you're like, God damn, that guy's a first rounder waiting to happen. 
you got no one off the top of your head? I think the best player on their team is a sophomore, though. He's not. Yeah, that's Michael, what I'm saying. Like Michael, Kyle, Michael, Kyle Michael Hamilton. Mayer. Oh Kyle yeah, Hamilton's probably about. the guy at safety, but he's oh, not. Yeah. He's not going to be ready. So I'm trying to look and see like who's actually a senior Kyle this year. Hamilton's or a good one though. Where, where, do you, where do you see him getting drafted at? I, feel I think like he's, he's first round talent. I think Kyle, Kyle Hamilton could go at the end of this year. I think he's a first round talent. Um, I really like this kid, Braden Lindsay, but he just. Yeah, I like Brady. He hasn't done much. I mean, he's a senior this year. I'm trying to pull up his stats. Like, he got hurt last year. And it was one of those things, too, where it was like, it was a hamstring injury. So I'm like, oh, yeah, once you tweak the hamstring, right? Like, you're probably out for the year. But I mean, he's a burner. He's done a lot. I mean, they, before he got hurt when he was an underclassman, he was running reverses. He was running kickoff, punt return. But last year, he had seven catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the year before that, he had 250 yards and a touchdown. But he's kind of just like – he's this all-purpose guy. I like him. Um, I'm looking through. Who I love, 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 love is this kid, Isaiah Foskey, who's a defensive end, who I don't think Notre Dame is using appropriately right now. And he is a guy that could just get to the NFL and wreak absolute havoc. Like this kid, I think, had like a, his first scholarship offer when he was like 14 from like Lane Kiffin. Like, he was just a monster. And um, so I'll put Foxy out there. I'll put Kyle Hamilton out there, Brayden Lindsey. Well, uh, let's, let's explore this Foxy guy a little bit more. Well, how do you think that Notre Dame is using him improperly? That's a good call. I don't, I don't, I'm unfamiliar with his game. Yeah, so I'll, I'll send you some stuff afterwards. Uh, he's just an athlete, man. I think he was running. there, And there's a play in the Clemson game where, where Travis Etienne went out on this wheel route, and this kid's a defensive end. So what's his size? Like – uh donovan do you know this guy because you're like yeah. i said you're you, you I, do I've heard, yeah i know him i don't know his, uh, exactly how let's say he's like 250 him. like let's just say he's roughly 250 i'm trying to they have him at 6'4 233 as a recruit but no Notre Dame website has him at 6'4 257 so 6'4 260 and he was step for step with etn on a wheel route from the defensive end position and wow. so i'm like he's a freak athlete the like Look, I think Notre Dame just needs to turn him loose and let him just wreak havoc on the quarterback. And I don't even care if it's just like you have no responsibility other than rushing the passer. I think he'd end up with 12, 13 sacks easy. Like it just. They've had a. The Notre Dame has had a really weird run of highly recruited defensive ends that didn't really uh, do much. Uh, Dalen Hayes, we're talking about that. Which one was it? Because they had two defensive ends that were draft eligible this year. One was like an all all star. Dalen, Dalen Hayes was a high recruit. Yeah, yeah, uh, he no. was right up there with Joshua King, though, and and Jacob Phillips and, and Chase Young, and he just didn't really kind of bounce around, had injuries, and didn't really do much. And there was a guy yeah. before that too that we talked about last year. Oh, God, I can't. You know, it's so bad how you, your brain moves on from one draft class so fast, but then you Have know. To. Of course, you remember guys like you know Spurgeon Wynn. How could I forget Spurgeon Wynn? You, you talked about him all the time. Dude. Why? He's, Oh, he's the best Browns player on on this podcast that we were. He's he's goes he'll go to Browns Wire podcast Hall of Fame. Has he been on before? No, I wish, dude. Oh, I thought, I thought you. I thought he, he doesn't. I don't think you think he's off of social media probably because you know just people bother him constantly because he's such a celebrity. <laughs> but uh, that's that's interesting, you know. But that's the kind of play. That's the kind of player where if you're strive for strive with ETN, that's the kind of shit that's going to get that guy momentum. Um, yeah, towards draft season. So I like that. That's a good. That's a good one. It's just that's a, not a name I'm familiar with. It's a defensive <laughs> system in Notre Dame, right? Like they don't. 
and maybe it changes with Marcus Freeman, who I think everybody's really excited about. But love Marcus Freeman, former yeah. Buckeye. Yeah, former Buckeye. In Chicago, a lot of people are already tossing his name in the ring for like next head coach at ND. We'll see. I, he's really yeah. ramped up the recruiting efforts. He's amazing. Um, yeah, so a lot of people love him right now. The Clark Lee defense. Clark just left for the head coaching job at Vanderbilt. Uh, it's just a defense built for the linebackers to make plays, right? So, the, again, as we talked about Cormoa, right, the defensive ends aren't really there to get a bunch of sacks, do a bunch of that. Like, So we'll see if Freeman kind of brings in some of those more like 4-3, 4-2-5 principles and lets guys get after the quarterback. So. Yeah, he had, uh, the, the thing that really stood out with Marcus Freeman's defense at Cincinnati was that he got those defensive backs playing tight. Like yeah. I'm talking, they, those those defensive backs were good, were good. They were playing hard. They were physical. Yeah, I don't, you know, he was only there for a couple of years under Fickle, but I, you know, he, I think he's great. I think he's a really, I, I think he's really intelligent. I'm being biased because he went to Ohio State, but he was like he, he was a very intelligent player when he was a high, when he was at Ohio State too, because that's not a guy that checked a lot of boxes physically, as I'm, I'm sure you've already seen. You know, you could tell when a guy has, you know, when you yeah. look at Mike Vrabel, you're like, oh, that that there's a reason that guy was a good football player. When you yeah. look at Marcus Freeman, you're like, oh. He was in the NFL for a bit. Why? You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it'll be curious to see because look, I think Foskey again. He's a junior now. If he has two sacks in his career, sorry, that's my dog. Give me one second. Um, he's got two sacks in his career. I don't think he's going to have more than that. Um, oh, you're talking. You're talking a Jason Oway situation, bro. I can see Donovan getting triggered, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 getting upset. He didn't um, like that. <laughs> and, and look, I think Oway again, same thing, right? Like, it, so look, I'll say this about Foskey. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get a bunch of sacks this year and ends his career with like, I don't know, under 10 sacks at Notre Dame and then goes to the combine and freaking tests out of the gym. And some football team is like, okay, let's bring this guy in. And he has like a 10 sack rookie year. Like, it just wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being the case because, like I said, I mean, he's a monster already. Run stride for stride with ETN. He Who's the first-round running back? Yeah, first-round pick running back. So, I'm like, it would not surprise me to see him kind of like Claypool, right? Like, I thought Claypool was okay at Notre Dame. He had a decent year. Then he goes to the combine, tests out of the gym. Everyone's thinking, oh, this guy's a tight end. He's a whatever proves right i don't know if he's a number one wide receiver yet but he's a starting nfl wide receiver and yeah. so I, I think foskey the same way right right coach right system in the nfl they're going to turn that kid into a monster chase claypool is a good example too because that was not a guy when you looked at you know when you, you when you go to play notre dame you weren't like oh my god that guy's going to destroy us you know michael thomas was kind of the same way at ohio state where it was like you know he was kind of an afterthought very good very quality player but you know curtis samuel was the guy right you know the, yeah. the guy, paris campbell was a guy that you looked at you know so i think the chase claypool example is a, a very good example donovan you said you had a couple questions yeah um well i mean what that was one of my questions like who not maybe would be a good browns player but nfl obviously Ooh, Kyle Hamilton. i've seen all the mock drafts uh, mock drafts i've seen Kyle Hamilton everywhere but my my question is on the offensive side um what do you think about the quarterback situation i, I really Obviously, Jack coming in from Wisconsin um, is going to give oh, my yeah. I But I really like Drew Pine. Uh, I got a chance to interview Drew Pine as junior year. I really like that kid a lot. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's, he's a stud um, for that program. But he might have to wait another year, um, possibly with Jack coming in. But uh, what do you think about him or that quarterback situation there? There's some other quarterbacks in the room. That are, Tyler Buckner, yeah. I like him too. Um, so what do you think about the quarterback situation there? 
yeah. So far. <laughs> that's, a, that's a million dollar question. I'll, I'll tell you this though, and, and not to kind of get off topic, but something people aren't talking a lot about for Notre Dame this year is that there might be two freshmen starting on the offensive line um, between Rocco Spindler and I'm blanking on the other kid right now, Blake Fisher, the five-star. Yeah. Um, but it, it, at the quarterback shakeout, I look at it like this. Jack Cohn came in from Wisconsin. I think people are saying it's his job to lose. He's got the most experience, et cetera. Drew Pine, good, very good player, um, a student of the game, very hard worker from everything I've heard, right? He's really put the time in. And then you've got Buckner, right, the the five-star that got downgraded. that, um, And people love him. People love Buckner and and think he's got a lot of potential. I, I don't know him. I haven't talked to him much. I haven't watched a lot about him. The only couple of things I'll say, and this is kind of biased, is I think he throws an ugly football first. Buckner this is Buckner. I think he throws an ugly football from what I've seen. And then just through some some sources, I was talking to some people and. He had an opportunity to go to St. John Bosco out in California because um, one of the knocks on him was that he played in a, a very non-competitive conference in California and, and ran up a lot of stats. And then that's why he transferred. But then with COVID, he ended up not playing and just was early in early. Anyways, he had a chance to go to St. John Bosco after DJ Ugalele left. Um, and those coaches told him, hey, it's not a guaranteed job. You'd be in a quarterback competition. And he passed. So – that to me just kind of gives me weird vibes for like a kid who's supposed to be a five star that doesn't think that he could beat out the two kids that are there now. Um, that are not five stars. <laughs> yeah, that are not five stars. But um, there's a lot of hype around him. A lot of people like him. I'm, I'm sure he'll probably develop into something great. Drew Pine, I think you're right. I think Drew waits another year behind um, Cone, who's going to probably just. Uh, keep it between the lines this year. I don't know. I, I like him. I, I think he's comfortable. I, I'm not sure. But um, it's going to be hard to replace Ian Book, I think, as much as – and I, I was not a fan of Ian Book. I think it's going to be hard to replace Ian Book. He was he was scrappy. He won a lot of games. I think um, people like me are going to realize how much we miss him this year with, with a player like Jack Cohen, who to me uh, is much more of your typical stay-in-the-pocket he's not going to make any scramble type of deals. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think Jack is definitely going to give you the best option not to lose a game. But, I mean, I would definitely want to – he could get hurt like he did at Wisconsin. I don't want him to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, see Drew Pine come in. I think he's definitely a lot better down the field too. So and yeah, I, yeah, a great arm. I agree with you on Tyler Buckner too, actually. So I really I recruiting communities and like, I, and I'm from California too. And I just wasn't, a, I like him. He has a lot of potential, but he's just really raw right now. I never bought the five-star high with Buckner. Um, and I actually heard, I heard the same Whoa. thing as you about the Bosco situation. That's funny. I didn't know a lot. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I know. That's why yeah. I, I didn't yeah. want to give out names, but yeah, he passed yeah. on Bosco. And then um, I mean, yeah. he showed up to the one elite 11 camp and was just like, you know, his form was terrible or whatever. I don't know if it was Elite 11, but wherever he was at, right, and his form was bad, and then they kind of dropped him down. Uh, look, I think he's a good athlete. Um, as far as his fundamentals and all those things, uh, shaky. And, again, the fact that he didn't think he could beat those kids out at Bosco and just win the job outright, I don't know if I want a quarterback that doesn't have that kind of confidence in himself. So Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it'll be tough to replace Ian, man. He put a thorn in SC side for three years and – that's honestly one of the toughest quarterbacks we played against in the past like ten years, dude. I've heard the so USC players say that before. Like he's so hard. <laughs> like I, I didn't 
realize how good Ian Book was to like interview players. And they're like, dude, he's just I don't like playing that guy. He's like, yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'd agree with that. And like, look, I mean, if you, a, it's a weird from a media side because like everyone, like media, I think it's like, oh, he's like above average, like yeah, he's scrappy. Really. Like, I think a lot of people thought he's but sucked. players. I, play, I'm players. literally saying it in my head right, right now. Like, play, Ian play. Book is so average. Why are we talking? <laughs> yeah. Play, players are today, dude. They just it's, it's tough. But dude. doesn't he feel like the kind of quarterback that you see all the time? That you know, like okay, like Daryl Clark at Penn State was kind of like that. Where it's like, God damn, that guy gets every third and one. But then yeah. when he leaves, they just kind of get. He's just he's just average enough to where if you have a shitty quarterback, you notice. But if you can find a better, you can find a quarterback who does the job just as well, but maybe not with the same kind of plays, right? Like, like Trace McSorley is another good example. I keep using Big Ten example. That's a good like, one. Trace is a good one. Yeah, but it's like he was a fair, he was he was a very he was an okay quarterback. If it was third and one, he would get it for you seventy five percent of the time. Yeah, but though that seventy five percent of the time, he would break seven tackles. He would scramble around for thirty yards. He would fumble it, pick up his own fumble, throw it to himself. Yeah. It was it was every play was <laughs> every play was just exciting. But Jack Cohn, he made just quarterback sneak and get the third and one. He made yeah, his yeah. percentage might be just as high. Of getting that, being successful in that play, but it's just not a sexy. It doesn't stick out in your mind. Daryl Clark was kind of like that. Trace McSorley was kind of like that. JT Barrett was like that at Ohio State, where it was like everybody talks yeah. about JT Barrett like he was goddamn Terrell Pryor. And it's like, no, man, Terrell Pryor was a god. You just think that JT Barrett was that great because he got every fourth and one and he was yeah. very good at handing off to Zeke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's kind of like that, but you know, you are closer with the program. So I see that Look, a little bit. I, I, okay. I don't want to bash Ian, right? So I will, I will say this. There are a lot of quarterbacks probably out there better than Ian Book. But when you turn on that tape and you watch some of those games and you see him scramble and, to your point, like McSorley, do some really dumb shit one play and then the next play do something amazing and it ends up winning the game, it's just kind of hard to be like, you know, to Donovan's point, like he's a tough guy. I'm sure the players, a lot of them are just like, Look, I looked at him too. I didn't think he was as quick as he was. I didn't think he was as right. shifty as he was. I didn't think he could do a lot of the things he was doing. And I, I think there's a reason why he got drafted where he got drafted because I think someone like Sean Payton probably sees a lot of potential in him. But yeah, I mean, if we're just talking pure talent, do I think would I put Ian Book in the realm of like a, a Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor? No, but I, I think he's a winner and I think he's right. good. And and it hurts me to say that because, look, I, I really didn't like the kid for a while. Not like I, I don't like him personally, but just like as a player, I, I wanted somebody else to start. But it, I, it's kind of hard to say anything bad about him at this point. You know what I mean? You that's know, funny, it's funny. Uh, oh, Dolly, you talked about No, I was going to say that's funny, too, because I, I follow Notre Dame very, very closely just because, I mean, that's – I mean, as an SC fan, like, if you don't follow and respect Notre Dame, like, you're not a real SC fan to me. Like, I know we, like, have a rivalry, but it's like – you have to follow that team. I'm sure Josh follows Michigan, like recruits and their transfers too. Like you have to follow, you have to like, so I just, when Ian book came in, even from California, like we didn't recruit him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like no one wanted him out in California. Like he had he no just, real offers. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah offers. he just ended up at Notre Dame, but I, I really respect that kid. Just for I just, when he came in, I was like, man, they've got, I like Phil uh, Jerkovic a lot. I love Jerkovic. Oh, yeah. 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 Cause that was the guy to me. Like, I still think he's like a better pro prospect than Ian book, but like at the end of the he day, is. like, he yeah, is, but like, I agree with that Brian, too. Yeah, Brian, yeah. Brian Kelly's not trying to. I mean, Brian Kelly's just trying to win football games at, at South Bend, you know. What I mean, and Ian Book gave him that best chance every week, really, out of 
there's only I don't think there's many quarterbacks that could do it. Ian Book did at Notre Dame, honestly. Like, and, and that's just saying, like, from a college football standpoint. So I respect that kid a lot, even if he never throws a pass in the NFL. I mean, like, like JT Barrett, though, like you said, or Chase McSorley, like McSorley, excuse me. Like those guys are kind of comp to him a little bit as well. But I think so, does he have the most wins in Notre Dame? Yeah, all oh time, God. most wins all time. Yeah, I mean, really. That's. Yep. If you had to told me that about him, Jesus man, Christ, in a school I mean, with Joe Theismann and Joe Montana Ron and Eric Collins Meyer and, all and Jimmy Cross. Like yeah, and, and to Donovan's point, I think he's like a two or a three star kid. Yeah. Damn. Crazy. It's crazy, man. The, the, His that's biggest offer might have been like Washington State or something. Like yeah. That. Well, yeah, Bill always talks about We have a guy, Bill Carroll, that always wishes Ian Book went to Wazoo instead because um, <laughs> he would have put up. Crazy oh, my money. God. He would have been insane there. <laughs> yeah. He would have been insane. He would have been crazy there. So no, I'm, glad, right. I'm glad he went to Nerd. Well, Kind of, because I love Dracovic. Again, again, I don't really love him. I don't know him, but as a player, I love the way he plays. Mm-hmm. But I think even watching him at Boston College when Notre Dame played them, talent aside, he, he'll he lose you some games. I mean, he, he loves his arm, which he absolutely should because it's a great arm, but, like, he'll lose you some games. He'll make some throws he shouldn't. He might hold on to it a little too long and fumble it. He. But, yeah, I mean, he's probably the better pro prospect. I think he might even have a better pro career. But um, sad to see him go to BC, but wishing that he kills it out there. But, yeah, I mean, Ian Book, what can you say? I mean, it's just one of those, you know, the cliche, like, prove him wrong. Like, Ian Book is the prove him wrong poster child, right? You know what I mean? Like, whether it's the stars from the recruits, whether it's what the fans thought, whether it's what people like me wrote about him, like, <laughs> he's <laughs> – He's just been proving us all wrong again and again and again. So it's like at a certain point, you just got to stop hating on the kid. You know what I mean? What a wonderful life lesson. <laughs> just keep on fighting. Just prove us wrong. Donovan, did you have any other questions? No, that's it, man. I'm glad I got to talk a little uh, Notre Dame quarterback room. And I'm I, I'm really excited for Avery Davis, man, this year too. Yeah, yeah. I was one of my days here. Yeah, I think it's going to be his year. I'm really excited for him too, because that's a former quarterback as well. Watched a lot of high school, so I, I yeah, and he was he was fun quarterback to watch. I'm glad he switched positions though. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Donovan loves watching high school. He loves what he not, not just high school football either. He just loves hanging out at the high school. No, <laughs> that's weird. Bro. <laughs> that's weird. He loves getting older and they stay the same age. Oh God, my girlfriend's 25 by the way. So I want people to know that. She listens to this podcast a lot. So Does not, she? She actually listens to it. Not, not. Oh my whole, god! Not deep. Not. She won't be listening to this deep in the podcast. But just you. Her parents she, listen to it too. So I got to stop cursing it so much. Very oh supportive. I, it's so. That's so funny because I always make fun of Donovan because he's so nice to his girlfriend. Like he's always talking about how great she is, and I'm like, okay, my. I can Dude. admit my girlfriend has issues, bro. Like, <laughs> But, but, my, but my girlfriend don't listen to the podcast, so you know maybe. Wow, good for you. you should marry her, dude. Yeah, you that's, a, that's a supportive woman. We'll see, my how, girlfriend, we'll see how Vegas listen. goes first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this was the Browns Wire podcast. Nate, where can they find you on Twitter? What you got going on? Tell the people about yourself, bro. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Nate Atkins uh, zero, which is my handle here. Uh, do a little bit of stuff for uh, Irish Breakdown. More during the season, I'll do game previews, things like that. I'm trying to do some recruiting stuff right now. Uh, occasionally, you can find me on ESPN Radio out in Louisville. I do there, yeah, I do a couple hits with the uh, Coach Valvano. And so um, I'm just, you know, trying not to bash Ian Book anymore or the, <laughs> the, the, the women of South Bend. I, I've learned my lessons, so uh, you can find me there. 
That's awesome. Yeah, and again, if you I, if you're not watching the live stream, which I know that most of the listeners don't, they listen to us on um, Stitcher and Apple, which is great too. Nate is a great athlete. You can see just by looking at Google him. He's a great, it, it, hel- it helps with, you know, we have so many people on the show who, who have never taken a snap or they look like me with their multiple chins, but it helps to be able to have someone on the show who, who was there and you played defense, you know, you were there and you're, you're right now. It's just, you know, it helps. It gives you some extra pizzazz to, you know, to your work. So everybody go out and give him a follow, check out his work. We'll be sure to spread the word. Donovan, what do you got going on, dude? Cause I know the last time we talked, you said you're working on your, your 2022 mock draft. I'm actually working on the 2022 big board, not mock. Draft. I don't want to, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just sorry. Big board. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Just doing a, I, I'm doing a top 100. Um, just right now. And, uh, what number you at? I'm done. I just got to write some previews about the players, some pro, pro, uh, player prospect profiles and stuff. And then who, who's number one on the big board? Kevon Thibodeau. <laughs> oh, You're just going to give it out yeah. like that? You're not going to make him work for it? You're not going to make him click on it? I'll give him number one. <laughs> <laughs> There's 99 others we got. But, yeah, what, what was that game where Oregon Thibodeau, played Thibodeau, Thibodeau, for Thibodeau. COVID? And there was like – and he just destroyed. Um, it was, a, it was a, the, Pac, the Pac-12 championship versus uh, SC. That was yeah, he destroyed SC. Good he grief. De- he destroyed uh, – what's his name? What's the, what's the line that just got drafted really high? Elijah Vera Tucker, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He, just, yeah. He, he demolished a kid from Cal, too. Yeah, Cal, yeah. Cal kid didn't get drafted. And, and the kid from height. UCLA that's supposed to be a top pick. I mean, Thibodeau's serious, man. He's just got to – he put on weight, and he's a smaller guy. I mean, he's still only twenty. He's young. He just turned twenty. He's he's pretty light right now. He's a pure pass rusher, though. Like he really just tries to rush the passer. He's got to get a little bit better all around. But right now, he's. I think he'll yeah. get it this year with the Oregon defense. But yeah, that's my number one player. So I'm doing that. I'm studying in sports. Check that out, and then just follow me on Twitter at Dom Team Sports. The name remains the same. Um, I'm going to Vegas on Sunday, and then California next week. So, oh, so we're not, we're not gonna have a show next week? You, did you tell me now on the show? Yeah, I was, gonna, gonna, show next I was week? gonna tell you like, <laughs> dude, before, dude. but I want we can we might be able to sneak a show in uh, this week so we can record it and have it for cool. you know not a bad idea because you know That's me, fun. I'm all about trying to record a new show, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, we're lie. so, I'm we're so, not gonna work. I'm gonna be in a hot air balloon at a winery on, oh my goodness, <laughs> so I'm not gonna record with you, dude. I'm just letting you know, right? Jeez, now. You see what he does for his woman? See, I would never do that, dude. I'm not going up in there, but I'm not doing that, yeah. Well, I'm from Temecula, California. I don't know if you probably don't know where that is, but it's known for like it's literally known for hot uh air balloons and wine. That's what <laughs> are you being serious? And Ricky, like Google that, that and, Ricky city, Fa- that's gonna pop and, up. and Ricky Fowler, yeah. He he's from there too, but yeah, he does. He does seem like a hot air balloon wine kind of guy. So Ricky, don't you love that, Josh? Like we're from the Midwest. It's like yeah, we're known for like sausage and cheese. And shit. <laughs> you guys have <laughs> you have uh, Geta. Cincinnati's known for Geta, dude, which is just like gross gravy. No, you guys got all types of stuff in Ohio. And Darwin's like, yeah, I'm from wine and hot air balloon country. It's like, oh wow, wow, must be nice. You guys and then got... he, he always says, he always like I love you, Donald, but sometimes he does do passive aggressive stuff too. We'll be like, you probably don't know about it, Josh, but it's wine country. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you yokels no, in the Midwest have ever heard of wine, but uh, yeah, you, you know what, uh, do you know what a hot air balloon is? No, man, I'm just saying Temecula is a small city. A lot of people don't know about it. It's like, if I had said San Diego, where I was actually born, you would have known, but not Temecula. That's a small. Like I was, you know, I'm just a just a military kid, dude, born in San Diego. Nothing special, dude. No, it's all good. I, I like to joke about people from Pennsylvania when they're like, 
Have you had Wawa? Have you had Sheets and like gas station food? Like Wawa's good, dude. Dude, the Sheets in Columbus. Wait, you guys have the chili though, like the Cincinnati chili. That stuff's good. Skyline chili, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible, bro. I like that. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Really, you guys like that? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like. I'm not gonna like. You know, Shro- way to get it, but it's yeah. Shroll, Shroll and Bill made me drive. They visited me when I was when I first transferred to Ohio State, and there's no there's no chili place on Ohio State's campus. So they came down. They're like, "Can we get some chili?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's like 30 minutes away." And they're like, "Yeah, but can we?" That's like what you're known for. Can you take us and get chili? It's like, all right, guys, all right. I haven't seen you in four years, but let's go get some goddamn chili. You see this, Donovan? Known for chili, chili <laughs> man. <laughs> Chili's everywhere. Chili's Philly, man. You ain't gonna get filled up on freaking hummus, hummus and uh, wine. <laughs> one, one of these days, one of these days, Donovan's gonna come up and, and hang out with me. He's gonna come up to a game, Ohio State wait. game or something, and I'm gonna show him where I lived. And he's gonna be like, "Dude, you weren't lying. I'm literally, literally cows, dude. Cows right there." And literally, literally, there's ambulances that go by for meth overdoses constantly, like a hundred yards, a hundred yards away, dude. It's great, dude. You're going to be like, whoa. I'm, stay, I'm, I'm, staying at, I'm staying at Max's house. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Matt lives over. He lives like, said 15 minutes from downtown. Yeah, but he lives with his parents. Yeah, his oh, house is Snowford. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. But this was the Brownswire podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keaton 16 uh, This I'm going to try to pump out these MP3s faster. We've been very consistent releasing them on Wednesday. I'm going to start editing them out, getting them out there on Monday so you guys can listen. We're we'll very consistent with this. We're sorry the YouTube channel's not super consistent. Our Facebook lives are not super consistent, but we appreciate everybody who watches. Give us a like, listen, review, all that good stuff. And we are out. All right. Okay, real talk. Think you're too cool for Valentine's Day? Well, let me tell you something. She probably wouldn't mind getting a little box from Shane Company tied with a burgundy bow. Want to say, I love you more every day? We've got the perfect gift for that. Or maybe you just want to say, I've got a crush on you. We've got a gift for that too. Whatever you choose, she'll cherish it forever. And she'll think about you whenever she wears it. With our awesome selection of fine jewelry in every price range, you'll easily find an amazing gift. Necklaces with colorful gemstones, stylish earrings, bracelets, and rings crafted to the highest standards. And don't worry, we'll make it easy for you. Come in or visit us at shinko.com. Our friendly team of knowledgeable jewelry consultants will help you find the perfect Valentine's Day gift. Visit us in San Mateo, Walnut Creek, 
or in Cupertino, where we've moved to a new location just two miles down Stevens Creek Boulevard. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com.